Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program, I am joined by Avnita Gulati. She runs Global Marketing Ops at Visa. And Avnita, we've we've known each other, I feel, about a decade. Does that sound right? That sounds about right. We were, I think we met first at an Eloqua conference or was it a user group? I know it was a group event back when people did those things, like people got together in a, you know, an area together without masks. Right. What was that like? What was that like? Yeah. It was fun and I miss <laughs> it and I'm ready for it uh, again. But I, I think it was an Eloqua user group. It was. Or yeah, an Eloqua very event. early days of. Eloqua user group and, you know, the techies that we were. And we, yeah. we talked about all kinds of technology that was so cutting edge at that time. Yeah. I, today, we're going to talk about building a center of excellence. And the reason I wanted to take you and I back to that period is what was happening for folks like you and I during that period, we got really excited about marketing automation, this very empowering platform that would enable us to do digital marketing like we had never before. And all of us in marketing had got very proficient at creating websites that were good for demand generation and sales was getting their CRM systems. And then we start getting these tools. And, and that passion for technology was a path for you and I. And you know, my path led to me starting demand gen, which ultimately led to me joining BDO Digital. And so for us to talk about this topic today about building a center of excellence, I feel like you and I have come full circle again to an area where we are sharing a similar focus and similar passion, which was once Eloqua. Now, as I've shared with the community on Demand Gen Radio, we're standing up a marketing department, a stack, all the processes, everything from scratch. So center of excellence is literally what I am working on. And I thought, what a great topic, because you share with me, like, let's talk about that and you know, everyone, everyone's on a journey at either a starting point like we are or somewhere along it. So what, is it, what does a center of excellence look like? How do you describe it? Because I know it's, it's you know, something we have in our minds or something that's an illustration, but how would you paint a vision for what it means to you? Yeah, so I think this whole idea of center of excellence came around um, as I've kind of rolled out demand generation function within marketing and led the strategy of it and op, ops function in marketing. Um, what I was doing was kind of moving from one tech to another tech, right? One process to another, alignment with sales and alignment with marketers, regions, you know, globally kind of bringing it together. What I come to realize is that what it requires is the center of excellence, a repeatable, scalable process that can be kind of almost like a playbook that can be taken from company to company, mm-hmm. right? And really one that can align to your business objectives. If you're looking uh, to grow a company, if you're looking for retention, if you're looking for expansion within your business, there should be a marketing center of excellence. The analogy I use is there's sales methodology. Every company has a sales methodology. It's a blueprint. It's a framework that kind of has a set of principles that guides the sales team to you know, get deals and, and close clients. Now, marketing doesn't have anything like that. So essentially, every time you, you know, go to a kind of a demand generation role or field marketer role or marketing ops role or communications role, you're having to come up with 
a model that is new to that business, but you're coming in and introducing it. You have some learnings from before, some dynamics in the environment that you're in now, and you're creating something that kind of fits that that environment, that situation, that circumstance. But what it's lacking is that you're starting from scratch. It takes those cycles of kind of going through discovery and uh, looking at your tech stack and kind of figuring out what to do. Wouldn't it be great if we all had a playbook, a blueprint based on, again, business objectives you take to your next job and you kind of go down the checklist of you have this tech, you have these business objectives, this is what your results should look like, these are the goals you're trying to hit, and boom, you have all the kind of listed um, tactics, uh, metrics, KPIs. Uh, how do you report out on your own earned and paid media? So that kind of gives you that speed to market, yeah. that speed to success that we all aspire to when we join our first you know, 30, 60, 90 days in a job. We want to show our excellence and having this blueprint, this framework just makes us successful right off the bat. 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm sitting here when you're describing this desire for the playbook to want to have a conversation about the D3 methodology that we developed at some point. But before I go to that, it literally was, remember how we were saying before we jumped on the podcast, I said, we're changing our content strategy for 2022. What I, what I shared with everybody was, I want to chronicle what we're doing here at BDO Digital, because I wish there was a series of YouTube videos that I could watch of a marketing leader literally building their marketing department from scratch. And that's what we set out to do with our content strategy to build that center of excellence and to pull all the pieces together. So when we talked and started brainstorming for next year, I said, why don't we show the crafting of a job description for a head of marketing? Why don't we show a pro forma marketing budget and what we use to justify what the dollars we needed for the department? Why don't we show the timeline of the main milestones and priorities that we're going to do to just unveil to everyone how it's done? That's always been my passion as you know, is to make marketing heroes and provide the recipes. And that's why the you know, podcast, I always say, it's the methods and technologies for driving growth. It's a big umbrella statement to say, here it is. This is how to do it. And switching back to you, I love this realization that you came to that marketing is not random acts of projects or problems to solve. It may seem that way earlier in our careers, like we got to stand up a website. Now we got to provide some sales enablement tools. Now we got to do some direct mail because we got a campaign coming up where we need that. Oop, let's add SMS messaging. Can we do that? Oh, that's not. So we were, like you said, problem solving as we went on this approach to doing omni-channel, always on marketing. But you're saying, no, the realization, yeah, you're going to have to do a lot of those things, but start with the end in mind. Have a vision for what you're going to build and then put all the pieces in place uh, to do it. Did it come from pain and suffering, or was it an aha moment for you that, that, you know, that unveiled itself to you? Like, that's the way to do this. Yeah, I think a little bit of both, right? <laughs> because <laughs> you go to an organization, it's new, people are new, and you're trying to kind of do your best and showcase the successes you've had in the past, and you want to replicate that. But, um, and you have that, all that knowledge, you have all that experience, and you have, you've done it and you've proven it but the environment doesn't allow you or there are some other budget constraints that don't allow you to be successful. What I've not done successfully in the past is kind of create this playbook, this blueprint, 
And now I felt the need, like you said, with the struggles and pains that I want to institute that here uh, at my company and then have that blueprint and be able to promote that and share that with whoever I run into. I, I want to have templates. I want to have operating guidelines. I want to have standardized reporting. I want to have clear SLAs with cross-functional teams, all that looks like perfect, like best in class. What does best in class look like? Where do you start on day one and how do you build that? And you have that vision that you can share with your stakeholders, your leaders, so they know where you're going. And if there are some curves coming along the way, you can navigate those, but that's built into the plan. That's built into the, to the, to the blueprint. And I feel it's so critical to have these key principles in place for establishing and managing the marketing center of excellence. Things like, you know, it has to span across all functions of marketing, including communications, operations, content, field marketing. You can't leave any of that behind. And each of those functions need to kind of interlock with each other, have those same guiding principles that you all sign off on, and then you go, go to market. Right. And then it has to align with business objectives, like I mentioned before, growth, retention, expansion, what it is that you're doing this fiscal year, what it is that you're doing the next quarter and have that kind of line of sight and that very clearly laid out plan. It should be simple to understand and easy to incorporate. Nobody, you know, coming from the tech world, you know, when marketing automation was new, it was busy, big, it was great. That led to adoption that led to marketers kind of really embracing it. And that's the kind of, uh, we've have, we have started to expect that. That's the user experience. That's the expectation we have. So we don't want the process to be complicated, hard to follow. It has to be easy, easy to implement. And um, it has to be part of the marketing onboarding. When you first get hired, here's your sales methodology. Here's your marketing methodology. Right. Yeah. Here's how we use tech. Here's how we report out on things. So not everybody's starting from scratch. Like the content strategy you were alluding to earlier. You don't want to start from scratch. You want to have some kind of blueprint to go off of. The first, we can we can do this collaboratively. Collaboratively, I'll, I'll we'll play a guessing game. I'll ask you questions. You give me answers. Uh, again, I have no marketing department at all. No marketing function within our group. What's the first role? And and, and don't put me as the head of marketing, CMO, VP of marketing. Let's just clean slate. What's the first role in marketing that that's probably the most obvious one uh, that we need to hire to get going? So can I ask you a question back? Yeah, of course. What, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish for your business? I want to have the world's best brand. I want to have a always on demand generation engine. And I want to do uh, incredible world-class marketing for driving growth that involves aligning with sales as well as customer success because i see those as the three legs of the stool you know addressing your customer base so you know i need i don't i don't you know i i don't want to ask the question again but that's what i want to do where should i start in terms of my first hire so i would say first look for somebody that has experience in those three core areas and hire that person as a head of marketing that can construct a team and the team will include somebody that has experience in brand and has launched a brand from scratch and been able to make a name for it, at least in the immediate customers that you have. Oh. Right? Immediate customers, prospects, make a name for it. Right there. So Avnita and I did not rehearse this. I'm not giving any hand signals. Um, but, but literally, I could share my screen with her right now. 
and pull up the head of marketing job description. So that's what she said is you need to hire a head of marketing that has certain um, expertise. And if you read the key responsibilities for what I'm looking for, um, it talks about uh, drive awareness of BDO Digital's brand through strategic initiative. All the things that she just mentioned is in this job description, the responsibilities and expertise that I'm looking for. So boom, we've got a head of marketing now. What's my next hire? And, and these could be you know, equal, but I just want to kind of round out what you think and what I think are the first four essential hires within a new marketing organization. Absolutely. No, that, that is so key. And in fact, I was having a conversation with someone a few weeks ago recently about that topic. So it's a couple of things, right? You're trying to uh, make a brand for yourself and create that awareness. So we got that out of the way. We want content. We want to put content out there. I feel like it's family feud. So we should go ding, ding, ding. All right. Content just went up. That's right. one of the four. Demandion, a growth oh, marketer. Ding, ding, ding. It doesn't matter whether it's number one, two, three, four. So Demandion, content marketing, keep going. Product marketing could be a content marketer and marketing operations. Uh, marketing operations was was that. So we hit all four, head of marketing, marketing operations, demand generation, and content. Again, not rehearsed, but both of us have experience doing this, doing it wrong, doing it right. And those those are... Those are the equivalent of your, your CEO and your CFO and your COO. I mean, these are the four key hires that a modern marketing organization needs to bring on. And I do believe, I, I wonder what you think. I'm really looking for a head of marketing first because I want he or she to bring in her tribe or his tribe. You know, there, there are people that you've worked with. I know you have very close colleagues out there um, that we all see each other at the conferences. Like these are people that you take a bullet for because you've been through, you know, the trials and tribulations of, of marketing and you know who's good and, and who's not. So, so people, we started with people and, and any good marketing is going to start with people. You could have the best marketing system in the world. And if you don't know how to use it, don't know what to do with it, it doesn't matter what you bought. It doesn't matter what brand. What would you say in terms of building this center of excellence would be maybe the next priorities for you? And I, Open Canvas, you know, we're just going through the process together so people can hear how to start and get on this journey to build that center of excellence. So where would you, where would you start, you know, take either technology if you want or processes or programs, right? I mean, we're building it from scratch. So what comes next after your essential hires? Yeah, I think some, first comes discovery, right? What are we trying to achieve? What are the goals? Having goals and objectives to be very clear from day one has really resonated with me. It all boils down to what are we trying to accomplish, right? So across the team, the goals and what we are working towards has to be one. And then prioritize. If it's more than one goals, let's prioritize them because it comes down to that when you're creating uh, an email, like the tactical stuff, and you start to do that, it comes down to what's the goal again? And people go to the second goal and you're like, no, what's the primary goal? What are we trying to accomplish here? Because that helps you decide the path, the conversation, the messaging, the tone of voice. What's the narrative, right? You've got to really hone in on that and really have a really strong foothold that you can go back to and say, this is what our narrative is to the marketplace. This is what we want to be known for. So important. It's so easy if you don't have that to get caught in the shiny new tool syndrome. You know, the, uh, oh, somebody wants to show us their ABM platform. Let's take a look at that. Well, if it doesn't align to your goals in terms of how you're going to go to market, if you're not doing a very targeted account-based 
growth strategy, maybe that's not where to spend your time. Same thing. You could look at a, a direct mail uh, or sending platform like Sendoso, which is a wonderful platform. Love the people over there. Love what they have. But maybe that direct mail is and sending is not part of your marketing mix to achieve those goals. So you've got the goals in place. When, you, when you've done this, we all fail forward. We all make mistakes. And we all say, if I knew then what I knew now, I would do things differently. Any lessons to share or a lesson to share about something where you can, you know, someone who else is maybe on this journey or going through it besides setting goals? Yeah, no, definitely. And I want to just go back to your point about we're in a very fortunate position where we have a lot of tech to choose from. Yeah. Right. And to your point about which tech to go for based on the objectives, I had one of those experiences where we had this very kind of elaborate marketing automation platform and we were doing all kinds of exciting stuff and customized and personalized stuff. But at the end of the day, it wasn't really getting us the output of MQLs and the output of qualified accounts and the insights that we needed for our SDR function to be successful. So we were constantly struggling with these digitally qualified leads that were coming through, but really didn't have the account insights. And in order to add that element to it at that point in time, and you know, tech has evolved a lot in many years, in the last 10 years, a decade now. But at that point in time, we had to supplement that separately and the two weren't talking to each other. So we were in a, I took a moment and took a step back and said, well, let's look at the tech stack. Do we have, can we scale down on marketing automation? Can we get, go down to the very grassroots basic email tool and then really up our game and up our knowledge and our tech in account insights? Because at the end of the day, that's what matters because this marketing automation that's allowing us to do lead routing, lead scoring, email marketing, it's scoring the leads, it's presenting them digitally qualified, but the SDRs are not feeling equipped to really go after them still. So could we scale down marketing automation to a very simplified version of it, but really up our momentum on the account insights and really present that in the CRM? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's the account score. It's the insights. Who's out there that's really ready to buy is what matters at the end of the day. So to your point about you're in a good point in our lives where we have a lot of tech that's evolved and we have these options to kind of look at scaling back and pulling back and pushing forward with different tech and swapping it out and testing and trying and learning. So um, I think that's that's really powerful in, in kind of the times we are in. Yeah. In terms of lessons, um, is that okay if I still answer that question? Or I no, I de- no, I definitely want. I I love I love the bolt on, and I you know I'm a technologist. I'm I'm definitely a geek. You know, at home I have my geeky hobbies, and and I love applying technology. You know, in my life, whether it's work or, or personal, and you can get really distracted and find a find that you know shiny new toy to play with. And I I do think as part of your global demand center or center of excellence, so many different terms, we call it a demand center, center of excellence, whatever you want to name it, this mindset, you're, you're kind of a little bit of a shadow IT department within marketing these days. So you need to have an incubation area to look at and evaluate new tech and be candid with your vendors when you're doing that and say, listen, I'll take that call with you and take a look at your platform just for discovery and to understand what you do and let them know, like, thank you for the information. Thank you for the demo. Great insights. Um, we'll contact you when we're ready to embark on whether whatever it, whether whatever it is. 
By the way, for those of you guys that don't know, um, that listen to Demand Gen Radio but haven't maybe checked out the YouTube channel, Demand Gen TV is where we do a lot of show and tell of tech. So if you don't want to actually schedule a call with a sales rep to see a demo, go to search for Demand Gen on YouTube or just go to demandgen.tv instead of .com and you'll see demos of Sixth Sense and Demandbase and Sendoso, lots of other tech that we have. And if you're a MarTech or sales tech company out there listening to this, come come give me a demo so we can show people your tools. I do believe, Evanita, that you should be researching and looking at new technology because some of it is game-changing to, to our roles. Ab- absolutely. There's so much. Yep. Yeah. Advice. Don't do this because I did or something <laughs> in that something in that area because uh, we all learn from mistakes more than good fortune. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting because um, one of the things that I learned in my experience was sign-off and buy-in and that common alignment whether it's with sales, customer success, revenue operations, finance, even your agencies that you work with, right? It's so critical that no matter what your function is in marketing, you have to have that sign off from all these parties before you go forward. So here I am, I have this really cool idea. I put together a business case, a proposal, and I run it kind of, you know, horizontally with my peers. And it's like, yeah, that sounds great. That Who wouldn't want to do that? That sounds great. Let me just kind of can you tweak this a little bit here and, and there? But now it's solid. It's good to go. And I kind of take it up the chain and it's it's got different objectives than what the business is pivoting to do in the future or in the immediate future. So it was kind of, it's not going to go anywhere because I haven't got the full sign off, even if it is one of those very well thought through. It has all the the calculations and you've kind of got your best practices injected with all kinds of research that you pulled primary and secondary to prove your point and to make a strong business case. But getting the sign-off is so critical. So it's almost like buying tech. You know, you have this cool tech you want to get on board and you know it's going to work, but then you don't have a budget for it. Or Mm -hmm. it's like, just put it aside for two quarters. We'll pull it out after two quarters. Yeah. So what I've learned is as you, you know, come up with these uh, ideas or what you can do to help the business, Getting that early sign-off before you put in too much time and effort in building this full proposal is so critical. You almost have to build with your stakeholders yeah. so they're on board. And, and I know we've experienced all this as, as leaders as we go into meetings and get sign-off on our decisions, but it's also true for marketing. Any kind of rollout you're doing, programmatic or tech or um, outbound, you just need the sign-off from everybody. For sure. You you met Anita, which is how you and I reconnected. Anita, you, where were you guys? Was it? Was it Colorado or where was that offsite? Arizona. 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 So yeah. you guys, Anita Covelli, for all of you guys listening and don't know Anita, she runs alliances for us and she's you know, responsible for the Adobe partnership. So to your point, uh, you know, you guys saw each other and, 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 and she said, hey, you should do another podcast with Evnina. I said, absolutely. And so I'm glad we were kicking off the year doing that together. She's doing literally what you just said. So she built and it took a while to build a business case for some pretty dramatic expansion of new services for us to bring out at BDO Digital. And she did the planning. She did the preparation. She she got initial stakeholders involved to, to build alliances for the vision. Uh, and now we just you know took that to the people who make those ultimate decisions and, and she got the green light. And so um, your advice there about really thinking it through and building that business case. And sometimes 
you're going to get no and, and go, go again and go again. And don't give up if you really believe that is the right thing for the business. It may have been on you or it may have been the wrong time, but I have certainly experienced with Anita on other things that we've done where she has come back and said, that's the wrong decision. We should do this. We took another swing at it. Uh, This was another initiative and, and she was right. And we knocked it out of the park. And I told her during her performance review, I'm like, I am so proud of you for maintaining your passion and belief in that initiative because it was the right thing to do. And, and you, you had to change our minds uh, where it was. And so, you know, leadership's not always right. Leadership can often be wrong or leadership. Uh, we're all human beings. There are some leaders who are just scared. They've been with a company for a long time and they don't want to take risks. But the new person wants to bring new ideas and, and a fresh perspective. And, you know, those challenges. Good advice. What, uh, what other advice would you have? Let's say uh, someone hasn't been in a marketing operations leadership role. Some things that you've experienced as you've you know, crafted these centers of excellence. What advice do you have for someone who's maybe been more just tool-centric and not looking holistically? Yeah, in fact, I've had that experience too, right? You are the tool. You are the, we were talking about earlier, we are the IT of the company, right? We are the IT function within marketing. So I think that is one thing that I've, tried to overcome and have been successful at it because I've got functions that go beyond just marketing technology. I have made a business case to have budgeting planning under under my purview. I've had um, tech analytics, data, digital, some of those additional functions that connect to data governance, database management, right? So you can kind of expand because tech a lot of the, all of that inflows in and out of tech. So you could start with tech, but really the opportunities are so many beyond that. And you become very critical to the success of demand gen team, critical to the success of content strategy team, because they want to know how, your, how their content is performing in order to inform their next content deliverables or content strategy and content auditing and whatnot and alignment, right? So... I think it's critical for the ops team to kind of take a step back and leaders in marketing ops and aspiring leaders who want to be in that position to kind of take a step back and say, gosh, there's so many functions that I touch with this role of mine. And what are some of the opportunities for either it is governance, compliance, processes, driving efficiencies? I mean, nowadays there's so many technologies to help you do project management. So depending on where you can expand that tech tool-centric view to expand into some of these other opportunities. And I can tell you that the leaders at the CMO level, head of marketing level, with your marketing level are looking for that. They're hungry yeah. for it. And somebody that's a very specific content marketer might not have that view, that, that vantage point that marketing ops does, because you're scaling across, you're going horizontal, and you touch on each of those functions for different reasons, whether you're providing reporting, or whether you're the last mile of execution or you're being pulled in early on, early on in the discussions. Oh, this reminds me in terms of one of my uh, people that reports up to me mentioned, said, you know what, we have to be part of the strategy. And well, what used to happen in the past is, can we send an email? We would be the last mile and we would know about it five days before because that was our SLA. The turnaround time is five days. We'll put in a ticket. Output will come an email that will go out on day five or day six. 
right? And to kind of pivot that and say, well, what's the strategy? Why do you want to send this email? Who is it going to? We can make the segmentation better. We can make it tighter, narrower, broader. How do you want to look at it? What data points are you considering in the segmentation? In the tech, we pull in these five, six elements that you can segment by. And not only that, if we expand the scope, we could get five more data points that can inform your email and that can land better than what it has done and how it's performed previously. So make email marketing part of the strategy versus an executional last mile layer. Again, you've got to just take a step back and look at it again and, and understand where you put in the equation. You're not a tactic. You're not the last mile. You are the starting point in many cases because yeah. the worst will happen. You want to prevent from the worst from happening, which is the email goes out. How did the email do? Did you get the opens? Well, who cares? But why? What was the objective, right? It's part of an overall campaign. What was the objective of the campaign? And email is one tactic. So always kind of look beyond, make sure you're kind of looking at the overall picture, ask for the strategy, ask for the objectives, ask for what it is that they want out of it. So you can report back and inform their strategy going forward. Yeah. Well, I ask you a question, um, pivot just a little bit in terms of maintaining this center of excellence. Uh, let's talk about the physical world for a minute. Our cars. Your car needs air in the tires periodically. And you have now mostly warning systems that will tell you when your air pressure is low. We didn't used to have that. We used to have to check it manually, right? Now you have that in your car. Um, your oil. You need to get your oil changed and get that done. You, of course, need to put new fuel in the car. And there's always been a gauge uh, for that. You look at your home. Today's day and age, we've got, uh, you know, for our HVAC systems, we've got reminders that our filters need to get changed. And it's important to do that, I think, every three months. Um, there's structure in place in things that need to be improved and optimized. And way too often I see marketing get caught in the working on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and they kind of set it and forget it. They don't maintain the systems that they put in place or take a step back and go, you know what, maybe what we were doing back then is not the right thing for the business now. And the, the place where I see it the most, like my team gets hired almost every single time by the new marketing operations person or the new head of marketing that comes into a new company. Maybe they've worked with us in the past or haven't, and they need us to audit and take a look at the systems and tell us what's in place. And then there becomes a pretty large effort to enhance and make changes. But unless that trigger happens of the new sheriff in town, it's the set it and forget it syndrome. And I'm wondering, you know, lead up to a question of, as someone who runs global marketing ops, what advice do you have on maintaining the oil, the air pressure, the filters, like not set it and forget it for all the systems and processes that you put in place? Yeah, the example that comes to mind, and, and this could scale across many of the functions of marketing ops, but in essence, for example, is lead scoring. Right, you gotta go revisit how is the lead scoring performing? Are the leads still being scored based on the business objectives? Are you still getting the same win rate? Is the lead to close ratio still aligned with how the leads are being scored from the front end or from the top down? Right. So, so that's an example of you go back and revisit it every six months. You try, test it, and you know, fine-tune it. So that's one of them. But in essence, in every function. And that's something that I that's very clear to my team is in every function, we have to go back and revisit 
what we put in place, if not every quarter, every six months. Mm-hmm. And in fact, on the reporting side of things, I have a, a person that manages reporting end to end, and she's looking at it every Friday. She goes in and kind of looks at our, is all the data that's coming into this visualization tool harmonized? Is a new data elements coming in? It does have that error piece built into the into the tool, and it'll give you an error when the API connection is broken, mm-hmm. but not so much when there's new data coming in. Is it harmonized with the way that you are creating these dashboards and reports, the filters that you're using? Let's say you're using a filter for a segment, and you have a new data entry coming in from your programmatic ads. Is that harmonized to pull into this filter, into this segment? Or is it just standalone and categorize it other? So if that other bucket keeps getting bigger, you're like, whoop, that's a sign. That's a sign. You got to change right? it. Yeah, right. You got to fix other it. was so, it meant to be a large bucket. And when it is unknown. a large bucket, yeah, or unknown. And then you got to change your pick list values. Um, right. Love that perspective. And I, I, I really always admire the people in the Disney organization at Disney World and Disneyland because they you know, have teams that just paint the fences and, you know, fix the pavement. And it's just a maintenance crew. It's not Walt Disney Imagineering who's designing new rides. They have teams dedicated to maintaining the park um, the way that you expect it so that the the experience is there. And I think we need to take uh, that approach in our centers of excellence and have either people or periodically responsibility for going and, like you said, making, maintaining the systems that are put in place because they will fatigue over time. Your lead scoring model from six months ago may not still be relevant to where the business is, or maybe your site has changed a lot and your high value content, there's new high value content that is not part of your scoring model. So great, great advice there about, about doing that. And uh, people come to rely on it, right? I mean, that's the thing because they assume that once you have somebody in charge of tech or in charge of the process, it always works. So the reliance is so heavy which is why you can't just let it go. Reliance yeah. on analytics is so heavy, on tech is so heavy that you, if you let it go on its own and not check in periodically, it just loses that trust and trust and credibility. Absolutely. Well, let me wrap up by saying, great to reconnect with you. I hope everything. Uh, hope everything. You know, this is a year of change, 2022, and and uh, we're getting back out there in the world. I can't wait to see you. I'm jealous that Anita got spin some face-to-face time with you. I know we will have that soon. Um, to all of you listening in, want to give you guys a couple action items to help you because this program and Demand Gen TV is all about helping you. This, this methodology that, that Avnita is seeking and maybe some of you are seeking, I believe we have it for you guys. Go grab the D3 methodology content. We will put a link to that in the show notes below and go take a look at it and let me know your feedback on it. I'd love to hear from you guys. There's, there's PowerPoint tools, there's posters, there's an ebook, there's lots of materials that, that visually enable you to communicate what you need to build in this center of excellence. And we will keep cranking out materials to make your jobs even easier. Um, you heard me talk about what we're doing on the YouTube channel. I want to chronicle everything that we're doing here. This conversation I've appreciated so much with you, Avnita, to talk about who are those four essential hires. It doesn't really change what company that you're at in today's day and age. Those are the four roles that you need. You got to have content because the machine doesn't run unless it's got great content. You need someone to re- be responsible for all the machines and marketing operations. You need that great demand generation person that understands different channels, and different programs, how to do campaigns, how to have always on programs. And of course, you need leader to set the vision, which is where you started. What are your goals? What are you trying to 
accomplish? What does success look like? And without that, it's just random acts of marketing. It's random systems and it's, it's, it's big, big, gigantic spaghetti ball. So thank you for, for, you know, I'm on this journey. You guys are all with me. Uh, Avnita, love, love the conversation and we'll continue it. Yeah, it was great to reconnect with you. And it's always a pleasure to have a face-to-face with you over Zoom call, over a podcast. And can't wait to see you in person again and get ourselves out there and be um, fun marketers again, you know, where we could have some kind of, you know, relaxing time and, and hang out and, and then get back to our work when, well, when we need to. I put a lot of money in the budget for events, not virtual ones either, not webinars, physical events, because we all got to get back together. I was talking with... Uh, Former client, someone who I'm still very close with, and he said, I don't feel my saw is as sharp anymore these days because it's been two years of not networking with my peers at other companies and talking as we used to about what we all are doing. So I'm committed to creating those uh, environments. And, you know, a lot of people knew Demangion back in the day as people would throw really fun parties. That is not going to change, you know, just because we're at BDO Digital. Once we get the chance, uh, you know, marketers, we got to work hard. we got to play hard. That's right. All right. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you once again for tuning in to Demand Gen Radio. Uh, this year, we are just doing the radio in podcast format. No more videos for the podcast. That way we can crank more out for you. But on the YouTube channel, which I want to make sure you guys so subscribe to, make sure you turn on notifications. This content that we're producing for you guys, taking you behind the scenes, on what we are building here. I think it's going to be really, really impactful. Let me know. Drop me some comments. Hit me up on LinkedIn. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll catch you guys on the next one. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 